Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So, for those of you who don't know, I am a uh, stand-up comic, and uh, right now, I am on my way to a hell gig. Just a piece of shit. Like, I know it's going to be bad, and I'm walking into it anyway, because that's just what we do. So, here's the thing. This is a corporate show, and a corporate show, in case you're not in the know, a corporate show is... It's, um not a comedy club show so like a private business will hire you or uh, you know you'll do somebody's christmas party that's what this is it's a christmas party so it's at a hotel banquet hall and um yeah so that's what i'm going into and normally those are bad enough those are like eight times out of ten are a disaster so this time they actually they wrote an email the client did saying we read over mark's requests First of all, I didn't make any requests. Uh, and we cannot accommodate. That's what they said about the requests. So what they were actually talking about is a standard contract that was sent out by the agent who booked it. So this guy, he, you know, he, he booked shows. He called me. He said, yeah, these guys picked you for some reason. So um, why don't you go out there and do this show? And then uh, the contract stipulates there's got to be a stage, you know, and a spotlight, uh, a microphone. And... Um, and the tables have to be set up somewhere near the stage because that, that just makes sense. And they were like, yeah, we can't do that. We can't do any of that except a microphone. And it's probably going to be one of those goddamn cordless microphones that craps out halfway through. So, you know, they write me and they were the agent. He was like, yeah, so you're just going to have to work with this. Of course I am. Of course I am. I could cancel, I suppose. But this is one of my higher paid gigs, even though it's only 600 bucks because people don't like to talk about the money with stand-up comedy because it's humiliating, unless, you know, you're uh, super famous. But at the comedy club, you generally only get about 100 to 200 bucks to headline a show. So 45 minutes to an hour, you get about 100 or 200 bucks. And, uh, but the, the comedy club, they have a bunch of shows during the week, so it adds up. But it's still a lot of work. But the thing is, it's a comedy club, so you like going there. The crowds are there to see comedy, so it's all right. This... 600 bucks, you think, oh, well, that's a lot more for a one-nighter, but it's just, it's not worth it. You know, they, they're almost always bad, and now this one, with the setup, I know it's going to be bad. And it's not like a pessimism, it's just, oh my god, I'm so down on myself, it's just, I've done a million of them. And they're just almost never good, and this one for sure is going to be bad. You know, and they, I don't know why they picked me. You know, they went through a website. I, I'm a Newfoundland comic. It's a, it's an East Coast part of Canada where, um, you know, people seem to find the Newfoundlanders funny. People th- seem to like our uh, point of view here in Canada. So maybe they booked it because of that. I don't know. You know, maybe some kind of East Coast thing. <laughs> Just listen to me. There's, there's my self-esteem right there. Yeah, it, there's got to be some excuse as to why they picked They couldn't have looked at my clip and thought I was funny. I mean... Yeah, maybe that's my half my problem, you know? I need more confidence. I need to be like Tom Brady. Somebody, you know, have some, some goddamn confidence. But I don't. Uh, I find, you see, the thing is, sometimes, like, I watch a TED Talk on confidence. I saw this thing on power posing. Oh, power posing. Show the people that you're in charge. And the, the first time I saw that, I went, ah, my problems are fixed. I'm going to go do some power posing while I'm on stage. I'm going to kick ass. And it was an awful show. After I did the power posing. And then the next show I had zero confidence. And I had a great show. It's like the more confidence I have. Or that I try to project. 
the worse the outcome is. Maybe maybe people just like it when I'm beating myself up. I don't know. But anywho, that's all an aside to say I'm driving to this stupid gig right now. And um, uh, I just, how, why do I do it? Why do I do it? I, I don't know. No, I do. I do. I, you can't not do these gigs. You can't not do a $600 gig when you're a comedian who is not famous. You just, like, my wife has a decent job. She's a lawyer. So if I don't do this work, I'm not going to go homeless, you know. Her salary is plenty good for us to keep our apartment. But it's the principle of the thing. Like, if it wasn't for my wife, I would be living with, like, six dudes, you know. Six comedian dudes, and they're gross. I'm like 38 at the age, at this age, living with a bunch of men who are comics. I mean, it's it's disgusting. It's as gr- no one ever cleans the bathtub. It's just, it's just disgusting. So, you know, I have my roommates now. I got my wife and my son. Uh, without them, then my life is kind of uh, uh, disturbing, really. So the point is. I got to contribute where I can, you know, and, and these things, these gigs, this is what you have to do in the meantime. At least that's what I tell myself. You have to do this in the meantime until, you know, things are a little bit better or you get these, these gigs. Some, a lot of times people get $10,000, $25,000 for these shows. Like that's if they're really well established in the corporate circuit, you know, or they're on TV, something like that. But that type of money is available per gig, even here in Canada. And you you do these ones kind of thinking, well, maybe I'll get to those big money gigs, even though those are shit too. Like, don't don't think that those are different. If you were going into, say, Shoppers Drug Mart or Microsoft's office party and they happen to give you $25,000, it's still going to suck. People are still not going to laugh. But at least you go home with a chunk of change that is a bit better when you take that huge shot in the balls. You know, so I don't know. Maybe that's... Maybe that's what I'm working towards. I don't want it to be that. Like when I was young, I was thinking, you know, you're young and idealistic. Ah, I'm going to do comedy for a while. I'll do these awful gigs and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll move on. I'll get on TV. I'll be famous. Everything will be all right. And then I'll get to do comedies and comedy in theaters, you know. But uh, 38 hasn't happened yet. Still waiting for that. Still waiting for it. Anyway, I'm almost at this gig now. I don't want to blow my whole... Uh, rant here at the beginning because when this is over I'll probably be mighty pissed off and I'll want to yell about it so um, that's what's going to happen I'm uh, I'm at the Hilton right now it's the Hilton Ballroom no Conference Center Hilton Conference Center going to be about 120 people well here we go let's let's see what happens well that was a fucking shit show what did I tell you god Damn it. It was, it was awful. It was friggin' awful. So here's the thing. First of all, the geek sheet says performance time, 7 p.m. Performance time, 7 p.m. I get there at about 6.30 and uh, no one's even in the room yet. There's supposed to be this big dinner and all that. And then this organizer lady, she comes up to me. She was like, oh, great. Thanks. You made it awful early. I'm like, I'm sorry. She goes, yeah, your performance is at 8.45. Really? How about that? So I'm here a couple hours early. Sounds nice. Let's get as uncomfortable as possible. And then she's like, don't you worry, though. You're going to eat dinner with us. 
Oh, let me fucking tell you something. Eating dinner with the client, it is painful. I had to watch presentations. I sat with a bunch of people and they were like, hey, Mark, what brings you here? And I was like, I'm the comedian, actually. And you should have seen how awkward these fucking people were. They just, oh, okay. And they turn away. And let me tell you something else about this piece of shit gig. They were all Christians. Everybody was a Christian. I'm an atheist. I mean, that's not written in my bio or anything, but I don't know what part about my routine they thought, ah, this guy, he loves Jesus. Let's bring him on. They said a fucking prayer. They said a a, a fucking prayer on stage in unison, like a bunch of them chanting like a bunch of fucking crazy people at a cult. And I'm a Jesus H. Christ. Honest to God. And then the, uh, and a lady died. The whole thing was dedicated to a dead lady who started the whole, you know, Christian fucking child. It, it's for it was for uh, daycare centers, you know. I but I guess Christian daycare centers all across uh, the Ontario region. So they had uh, everybody in there. They were just honoring them all. But anyway, this lady who kind of started the whole thing, she died apparently not long ago. And this la- the the woman who made me eat dinner with them. She got up and gave a speech and started bawling. Started bawling about this lady who's dead. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. And I'm just, I'm talking to the DJ the whole time. He is this super cool black dude. And he had all his awesome gear. And he knew this was going to be rough for me. He knew, he was, he was like, yeah, you know, this is going to be a, a touchy group. He said, I don't think Jim Gaffigan, who uh, is about as clean as you can get. I don't think he'll do well here. You know, like I, and I said to him, listen, I'm looking for fine. Fine is as good as I can expect here. And it wasn't fine. It wasn't fucking fine. I, you know, first of all, they were behind. They were behind by uh, a half an hour. So I actually went on at uh, 9.15. And uh, it started, you know, it started pretty fucking bad. See, here, I forgot to mention this in the earlier part, but basically when they said they couldn't accommodate uh, the requests, they did have a microphone and it was a fucking wireless microphone. And the goddamn thing about five minutes in started feeding back like crazy and they had to switch my mic out when I was on stage. So that really helped. That was that, that helped big time. So the DJ, who was my friend beforehand, fucking go fuck yourself piece of shit. You give me a wired mic. How hard is that? A wired microphone. The wireless microphones never work for fuck's sake. A wired microphone. Jesus. Anyway, and there was no tables anywhere near me. It was like a football field away where these tables were set up. And that's why the gig sheet says, set the tables up close to the stage so people can fucking feel like they're part of the show. And the, there was like two tables that were relatively close to me. They seemed to enjoy the show because they were engaged and they weren't far enough away where they thought I couldn't see them. And even though I could fucking see you guys, I see these back tables that are far away. They're like, oh, and they're just talking amongst themselves, playing on their phones. I can fucking see you because, hey, it's daylight because there's no goddamn spotlight. So they just have the room lights on. And I'm like, I'm in somebody's banquet hall, living room area. Fucking, oh, and I'm just watching, and everyone's dressed up, you know? They're all dressed up. You know You know how sexy women look when they're all dressed up, when they're going out to, like, a, a fancy gala? Just, uh, there, and, and it makes it worse. It makes it worse when, when, the, when hot people are rolling their eyes at you. You're just trying to, trying to look away or just, just waiting for it to be over. People putting their hands, you know, under their chins. 
And then her, all her boyfriends are all fucking with their little beards and their goddamn soccer player haircuts. You know, where they shave the sides and they got the top all like whoopy-doop. Fuck. And the, the guys are, I saw a guy rubbing his hot chick's back. Like, like she was the one suffering. Let me fucking tell you something. You gotta rub my back, beardy, you piece of shit. Oh, for fuck's sake. And then like, these people, them thinking, them thinking that they're better than me. You know, just sitting there oh, going, oh, this guy's no good. No, no, you're no good. You're no good. You set me up to fail. And now that I'm failing, you know, you just, it, it went all right off the top. You know, it went all right. Because they were care workers and I got all this new baby stuff. So I figured, fuck it. I'll just do the baby stuff off the top. And it worked. It was doing, it was doing well. And then I got that mic feedback. And uh, then it kind of started going downhill after that. And it just was a shit show. A halfway through. I mean, I was supposed to do 40. I don't know what I did. Maybe 30. Maybe. Anyway, it felt like seven hours. It was just fucking terrible. You know? Hold on. I had to stop recording for a second there. Uh, so try not to die as I'm driving home in a fit of rage. You know, maybe I should. Maybe I should just slam into a goddamn wall. Oh, my God. Fuck's sake. These don't, these don't get any better. Like, I've been doing it for 15 years. It just doesn't get any better. And I know the $25,000 gigs aren't going to be any better, but at least I'll have some fucking money. A little bit of dignity, you know? Walking away from a gig $600 after getting pounded in a ball sack like that. Honest to Christ. You know? Uh, why do I do it? Why do I do it? I shouldn't do it. It's like I have a gun to my head. That's what, and I've talked to other comics, and they, they've said similar things. It's like they have a gun to their head, and they have to do comedy. For some reason, it's all they are. I guys just, I don't know. It's important. It's important to me for some reason. I don't know why, but... You know, when I was young, I guess I was I was I was funny. I was a funny little little toddler asshole, and my parents' friends would laugh, and I guess I liked that attention. Carried on in school, and then you know those public speeches, those public speaking things. I had to, I I used to do funny ones. I used to do funny speeches, and people started to look forward to them. Oh, Mark's gonna do a funny speech this year. Can't wait to see it. So it was like assumed I was gonna be a stand-up comic. You know, when I left high school, so you know I did. I became. A fucking stand-up comic. But I expected at this point for things to not suck so bad all the time. But they do. And I talk to people a lot more famous than me and make a lot more money than me. And it still sucks. So you're like, so this is what you've done. You've uh, made your bed. Now you're a professional comedian. Barely. If you look at uh, my salary. Barely. But I don't have another job. So I don't know what else you can call me. You know, like when you're when you're a kid and you're like 26, 27, you're like, you can take it because you're there with three other comics generally because they don't send a kid out on their own to do these things. This, this one was a solo show and that's the worst. I know a solo show, you're not going to have any good introduction. You know, you're, there's, the people aren't ready to see a com- comedian. There, there's no warm up. There, there's, there's just you. And um, when, when it's a three or four person show, then it's different. You're a team. You kind of go out there. You know, the host, he, he might eat it for a little bit, but he kind of warms them up and he only does, he does his job. And then, and then by the end, they're so ready to see the headliner that sometimes it actually goes all right, you know, at these corporate things. But when you go out by your fucking self, oh my God, they'd never send a young person out to do one of these, you know, 40 minute corporate 
clean nonsense because they just kill themselves. They just do it. It's just, even though I'm still thinking about it, I'm not going to do it. You know, I got I got a wife and a son, right? You can't just can't just off yourself because you had a shitty show. You know, can't be a pussy. You gotta uh, yeah, I gotta suck it up. And that's the thing. I just I want to stop. I want to stop these corporate shows, but I don't have a reason. You know, I don't have revenue stream from like TV, or I don't write on a show, or I don't. So that's it. You have no excuse. You have to go do them. You know. I don't want to. Like, I knew. I knew going out there I was going to die. I knew it. But I'm not like, you don't have that warrior's pride, you know, that like, ah, tomorrow we die in the war. Like, you don't, I I don't have that. I'd I'd probably be like one of those cowards, you know, like, guys, are you sure? You sure we should go to war when we're going to die? Maybe we could all just stay home, you know, watch some TV. I don't know. Maybe I'm a puss. Maybe. Although, you know, I got to say, I don't think so. I don't think that I'm a coward. And I'll tell you why, because I can't stand going out to this. Like, I knew what I was going to go into, and I knew how I'd feel afterwards, and I knew it would be like someone ripped my intestines out, and I fucking did it anyway. That's, isn't that courage? Isn't that real courage? When you know how bad you're going to feel. You know how bad it's going to be. You know you're going to be humiliated. You'll probably dream about it for the next 10 years. And then you go do it anyway. And I'm serious. I still dream about lots of bad gigs. You're just waking up fucking like uh, like you got PTSD. Oh, 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 is anyone from out of town? Hey, thanks for having me at your event. Fucking Jesus Christ. I don't know. You got to do it though. You gotta do the fucking shows. You know, it's like willpower. Like, people say, oh, you know, if you're overweight, just don't eat, don't eat the chocolate. Don't eat the chocolate. Have some willpower. But that willpower is bullshit. I'm sure I I saw a scientific study where they said willpower is bullshit. I can't quote it, but I know it's out there. Because here's the thing. Like, I'm a slim guy, and I don't really crave chocolate. So when I don't eat chocolate, that's not willpower. I just don't give a shit about chocolate. But if they're an overweight person who their their existence is based on how much they love chocolate, then and they don't eat it, that is that that's a big sacrifice for them. It's not willpower, it's just that's the way we're built. Like I love beer. I love having a beer. I got a little spare tire and I'd like to get rid of it and I know if I cut out beer it would probably happen, but I can't do it because I like beer. So, they don't fucking tell me about willpower and it's the same thing with courage. You know, there's lots of comics who go who would go out to that show and they wouldn't care that the show sucked. Number one, there's a bunch of comics who would think they just did awesome. There's these fucking narcissist sociopath comics out there and they just, they're like, oh, that was a great show. No matter what happens. I'm like, I just saw you eat your own dick. You just bombed harder than anyone I've ever seen bomb. And now you're telling me you killed? You fucking idiot. And so there's those guys. And then there's another group of guys like, I just take my check and run. Just take the money and run, motherfucker. And like, and they honestly don't care. I don't, I'm not like that. I, and I don't want to be like that. You know, I want to be good. I want to do a good job. I want people to like me. That's probably why I got into comedy, because I got a hole in my soul where I want people to like me. I need their approval. Otherwise, why the fuck would I stand up on stage trying to get a laugh every 30 seconds? I need people's approval. You know, and the people who hired me, they picked me. 
For fuck's sake, they picked me. They went through a roster of people and they chose me. That's a nice thing. And I disappointed them. I wanted to do a good job, but I did. And they were nice. Oh, they were nice afterwards. They came up and they gave me the check. And this girl, she was just like, hey, there you go. Thanks so much. You did a great job. No, I didn't. And you know that. But I didn't say that. I said, oh, thank you so much. And you did a great job, I said to her. Because you know why? She got up and she sang a fucking song. She sang a song because Christians sing. And uh, I asked her where she learned to sing. And of course, she said at her fucking church because she sings every week at her goddamn church. Anyway, she sang, uh, I believe the children are our future. You know that Whitney Houston fucking thing? Yeah, she butchered it a little bit. But you know, but people gave her a standing ovation. And I'm up there with my fucking well-honed act, sweating bullets. And they're just, they're just, ah, go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Bring back the Whitney Houston lady. And I wish she'd come. I said halfway through the show, I said to her, I said, you want to come up and do, uh, do another song for about 10 minutes? And everybody laughed. Everyone laughed because they knew that I didn't want to be there. Because who the fuck would want to be there? Jesus H. So anyway, if my wife was listening to this podcast, which she's not, because she doesn't listen to anything I do anymore. But, you know, she, she gave it a good, like, 10 years. And then she just, she just tuned out. Uh, but she would say, you know, you're being hard on yourself. You know, I wish somebody else was there to see because you probably did okay. And you're just being... And that's true. I generally do make it out worse than it was. But this was, this wasn't fun. It wasn't good. I, like, it was uncomfortable. It wasn't a total bomb. It wasn't dead silence. They laughed a bit here and there. My closer, you know, you expect to get a pretty good laugh on your closer, but I didn't. It was pretty silent. So I did one more joke. I almost stopped. It was like, guys, that's all I got. I'm sorry. You know, you didn't like me. Goodbye. But I said, no fucking, you know, suck it up. You're a goddamn professional. Do another joke. So I racked my brain for one more cleanish type of joke I could spit out there. And I did one from like, I don't know, 1988. It was just a long time ago. Back from my early, early days. And they fucking bought it. They liked it. It was a pretty big laugh. Enough for me to get down, you know? And I just, uh. But the lady gave me the check. Normally you have to chase them down for the check, especially if the show doesn't go great. Sometimes they don't want to pay you. I swear to Christ, they don't want to pay you. They think that it's your fault that they that they set you up to be murdered, but that's, they just don't know how it works. They expect it to be like, like a TV theater gig or like, how did you fucking think it was going to be like that? Are we in a theater? Are we in a comedy club? No, we're in a goddamn hotel banquet room where you just talked about a lady who died for 20 minutes and then you fucking, you got, you got tables a football field away. God damn it. I don't know. I don't know why I think it's important. I don't know why I don't go do something else. You know, be a vet. I like animals, you know. That'd be a good job. No, you just, you, you want to prove it to yourself. You want to, you want to be good at what you chose to do. You want to, you want to, you want to stand up, you know, on your, when you're, when you're about to die, you want to, you want to say, hey, I fucking took a good kick at the can. And you know what? I was all right. You know, I, I stuck with it. I didn't, I didn't drop out. I didn't, uh, didn't, didn't get too discouraged. I didn't let it eat me alive. And, uh, I lived a life, you know, but I got to tell you, my brother, he's an accountant. He's got a, he's got a nice house. He's got a pool. He's got a couple of nice kids. He plays golf most of the time now when he goes to work. Cause that's what he does with his clients. Cause he's just got to be friends with the clients. He's a partner. And I'm like, is that a bad life? 
you know, when you compare it to what I did last night, it is not. It is not. I always assumed that I would hate his life and that even my life being a struggle would be better than his life being gravy. And that is fucking not right. (laughs) That is not right. Oh, my God. They're probably going to complain about this fucking show. They often complain. They just, there are somebody's offended by something. You looked at someone funny, you know, or it just wasn't, uh, they didn't feel like it was a good enough show for the little piece of shit chip chump change they gave you. I don't know. But I'm back home now. I gotta go. I gotta calm down. You know, I can't go in screaming at my wife and child at midnight. I want to, but I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not scream at them, you know, talk loudly at them about how bad I felt because I need some goddamn support. I'm glad I have a cat. This fucking cat is, is great. You come home from a show like this and the stupid cat, all she wants, she just wants to rub her stupid head on your leg and get a treat. I mean, I know it's manipulation. I know she just wants the fucking treat, but she still looks at me like, don't worry. You know, you didn't, you didn't do a shitty show in my opinion. I think you're a great guy. Could I have a treat, please? You got it, Olive. You're going to get a fucking treat. Oh, I'm parked outside my building now. There's my goddamn upstairs neighbor. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Had to go up like three times to him last year because his fucking air conditioner leaked down through through five feet of concrete. That's how long he let his air conditioner leak. The superintendent went up when he saw like just a pool of water pouring onto my fucking bed. And he's like, what is, what's happening? And he runs upstairs and the guy just... It's one of those air conditioners where you got to dump out the water. And the guy just didn't dump out the water for like, I don't know, a year. And his, he had ruined his own floor, apparently, according to the super. And he had ruined our ceiling. And they had to patch it up. They did it like three times last year. And there's that piece of shit walking his dogs. And he, also, what uh, the super said is that Buddy and his, uh, his lady, they have put down newspapers in the hallway where the dogs just shit and piss. And then they throw out the newspapers. And then Super said, and they, they, they wanted their uh, hardwood floor replaced. And Super's like, no, I'm not going to fucking do that. You're going to put newspaper all over the fucking place. I think he can hear me. He's looking right at me. Well, go fuck yourself, buddy. How about that? You know you know the, you know the score. Anyway, now it sounds like I'm uh, living a rat-infested piece of shit. I live in a nice building. I live in a nice building. I don't know how these people can afford it, you know? I guess everybody makes more money than stand-up comics. I guess you don't... Just having a bit of money doesn't mean you, uh, you're you not a disgusting dirtbag. Anyway, I got off track. The point is, I have a wife and child who sometimes get water spilled on them from upstairs. But uh, I was telling Sam, that's my little boy, he's three months old, I was telling him, I'm saying, Sam, I'm going to do this gig for you. You know what I mean? This is your, your dad is still trying. Your dad is still out there. He knows what he's walking into, but he's doing this for you, you little, you little tyke. Now I resent him for it, you know? I fucking resent him. I don't. I don't resent him. It's not his fault. I would have done the show without it, Sam. Without, without you, I still would have done this fucking piece of shit shit show. Honest to God. Look at all these people walking their dogs at fucking midnight. What the hell's going on here?
Everybody was wondering why I'm sitting in my car screaming into a microphone. Yeah? Did you do a shitty gig? No, go walk your fucking dogs. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This really did help. I appreciate it. You know, I know I'm just talking to myself here in a car, but I know that I'm putting this on the interwebs, and I know this is going to get to people, and they're going to hear it. And at least, you know, at least there's an audience for my pain. You know, it makes it, it, makes it feel a little bit like I did something. Uh, like to, when, you do, when you do one of those goddamn gigs, and then you just got to swallow it, you just take it, and you can complain to your comedian buddies, and they know what you're talking about. You can tell your wife, and she's all sympathetic, you know, to a point. And then she's like, could you shut up about the show now? It's, it's been three hours. But, you know, just ranting into the microphone, it almost makes it seem like I did that show so I can tell you people about it, you know? So thanks. I mean it. And uh, I'll join you again on uh, another lovely edition of every fucking Friday. Maybe I won't be so mad next time. I can't make any promises, you know? My uh, career throws me into a fit of rage a lot. Thanks so much. We'll see you again. All right.